Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. College football is back. A tradition unlike any other. Week zero. I know, weird, right? Well, anyway, week zero is a bunch of college football teams playing their week one game a week early, uh, taking advantage of a really good TV contract and an open network schedule. And so what that allows for us to do is to play FanDuel and DraftKings here on week zero and take advantage of these extra slates of games. Now, college football is the last sport in America where every single week matters, unless you're Alabama. So, this week does matter for these teams, and it is an opportunity for us to make some money by playing DraftKings and FanDuel. In this episode, I'm going to preview some of the games for this week and talk about what games that we want to pick players from and what games we want to avoid, and then talk about some players on both sites that I want to target to get into my lineups to try to make me some money on week zero. All right, let's get into the picks. Week zero is a bit of a smaller slate compared to most weeks in the college football regular season. So this segment's going to be a little bit different this week. Really, this week, I only have games to avoid instead of games to target. Because if you were to go look at um, some of the Las Vegas betting lines this week, Basically, what we're looking for is when we want to play players in daily fantasy sports on FanDuel and DraftKings, we want games to be close and we want them to be high scoring. So we're looking for small point spreads and we're looking for high over-unders. The problem that we're running into this week is that three of the games actually don't have a point spread. That's Western Kentucky against Austin P, UNLV versus Idaho State, and FSU versus Duquesne. So it's because these three games are FBS versus FCS opponents. They're going to be big blowouts, and so Vegas doesn't really want to risk losing a lot of money by people you know, just betting or the team to cover. Now, in terms of games with a point spread, the most lopsided game is also the highest over-under, and that is Utah State versus UConn. Utah State is 27-point favorites, and the over-under is 60. That means that we want to get a lot of exposure to some Utah State players this week. And then the closest betting line is actually the second highest over-under, and that is Florida Atlantic versus Charlotte. FAU is 7-point favorites, and the over-under is 56. So the two games, and also that game is not on DraftKings. FAU versus Charlotte is just on FanDuel. So the two games that I really want to target, I really want to target FAU and Charlotte. I really want to target Utah State and UConn, mainly Utah State. And then in the FBS versus FCS games, I want to pick certain players that will see action for certain. So one thing that we run into in week zero is that we don't have really anything to base off of in terms of performance for the whole season. You know, we've got last year's stats up on FanDuel and DraftKings, but players are in a lot of different situations. A lot of guys are in the transfer portal in different schools that they were last year. So we want to avoid uncertain situations and we want to capitalize on situations that we know are certain. So, for example, the UNLV quarterback situation, they haven't really named a starter. So while UNLV is going to score a lot of points, I'm not going to play either of those two guys because I just can't guarantee that they're going to be the ones that score the points. Now, FanDuel and DraftKings, if you want to take those risks to try to make your lineup stand out and to try to hit a home run, you can. But I'm more of the mindset where if you end up with a goose egg in your lineup, you're going to be screwed over no matter how good the other seven or eight players that you have on your team are. So... That's just looking at week zero. I also think that there are opportunities to find value in pricing, guys whose roles are bigger than their price indicates. So week zero, 
really tough to build lineups because of the lack of information so far. And basically, a lot of people aren't willing to do the research to find all that information. Well, guess what? I've done a lot of it for you. So I'm going to go over now position by position with some players that I like and don't like and see if we can't build ourselves a good lineup, a winning lineup for week zero. All right, let's start with the quarterback position. So at the top of the pricing at quarterback, we've got two guys that are in similar situations, and that is Austin Reed of Western Kentucky and Jordan Travis of Florida State. These are the two highest price options in the board. Obviously, they're expected to score the most points, and they're both in kind of risky situations, in my opinion. These two teams are going to be in complete blowouts this week. So if you end up with something where this guy only plays a half and you know the team runs for a few touchdowns, then we're looking at our quarterback not getting a whole lot of points at all. So of the two, I would be more inclined to go with Austin Reed. Western Kentucky is an offense that throws it all over the yard, so they're more likely to score their early touchdowns through the air through the arm of Austin Reed. I would much prefer him to Jordan Travis this week. Now, Jordan Travis obviously has the running potential. He very well could boom this week, but I just think there's more risk in playing him because he's probably only going to play a half or three quarters, and the team might just run those touchdowns in as opposed to needing him to throw them. I also think another viable option near the top of the board is Logan Bonner of Utah State. So, Last season, we actually have the game logs on FanDuel and DraftKings from last season, and we can look at similar game styles or similar game flows to what we're anticipating this week. So Utah State, 27 points favorites this week. This is going to be a blowout. Last season, Logan Bonner scored 32 points on FanDuel twice in blowouts. So what that means is he's a guy that when his team blows somebody out, he's usually the one scoring the fantasy points. Now, looking a little bit further down the board, Casey Thompson, former quarterback at Texas, is now the quarterback of Nebraska. He can be very boom or bust. There were games that he played at Texas last season where he played well, like he kept the ball out of harm's way. You know, the team scored a lot of points, but he didn't score a lot of fantasy points himself because he didn't really put a whole lot of touchdowns through the air. Um, He does have rushing ability, so he's got that upside also. But I don't know. I'm just not sold on how he's going to look in that Scott Frost offense to play him at the price he's at. If he were a little bit lower priced, I would be more inclined to give him a go. Um, you know, Adrian Martinez has been at Nebraska for the past three years, felt like he's been there forever. And so, you know, we got a new quarterback in that Nebraska offense. I just don't know what it's going to look like. So I, I would be, if you're willing to take a chance on Casey Thompson, you can, but I will probably be declining that opportunity this week. Now in the, probably what's going to be the best game of the weekend, Nikosi Perry of Florida Atlantic and Chris Reynolds of Charlotte, both figure to score some points in this one. This is going to be a high scoring game. Um, Nikosi Perry and Chris Reynolds, they both feel like they've been around forever. Nikosi Perry was originally at Miami. Chris Reynolds has been at Charlotte. I believe this is his sixth year. Um, for the pricing between the two of them, I think Reynolds is the better option solely because he's priced less. I think both of them will score about the same this week. I think both are in line for a 20 plus point week. Um, neither of these two teams, you know, really excel on defense. So both of these quarterbacks have an opportunity to put up some points. And I really like the price on Chris Reynolds. Now I am not looking below 
Chris Reynolds for quarterbacks because what we're looking at is we're either looking at quarterbacks for a team that's going to get blown out this week or a team that's not going to score a lot of points this week or a team that is an uncertain quarterback situation if you want to take a chance on maybe I don't know the DeVito from Illinois that might be the last legitimate option but I, I generally I'm not looking below Chris Reynolds when it comes to quarterbacks this week all right let's take a quick break and then talk about some running backs The running back position is in a very interesting spot this week. With so many games that are projected to be blowouts, we kind of figured that running backs are going to be the ones getting the rock in the second half. However, we don't really know for certain which ones they're going to be. You know, is the starter going to play the whole game? Is it going to be a committee? Is it going to be just put the twos in? I don't know. So I think this is the week to pay up for running backs and pay up for running backs that you know are going to see a big workload. And the first one in that category is Calvin Tower Jr. for Utah State. To me, there's very little, little risk in playing him. He saw a lot of carries last season for the Aggies, and I think he will continue to see more carries. And again, looking back at Utah State's game log last season, in blowouts, he was able to score points. They scored points through the air and on the ground. Now, when it comes to the Florida State running backs, Ward and Benson, they may be stuck in a committee, and so in such a lopsided game, to me that comes with a lot of risk. Like I mentioned this when I talked about Jordan Travis, but it would not shock me if this team had three or four rushing touchdowns this week, but I don't know which one of them it's going to come from. If you're looking to hit a home run and looking to win a GPP tournament or something, I would say that these two are legitimate options. Florida State's going to score points via the ground. I just don't know which one of the two of them it's going to come from, and I don't know how the workout is going to shape up, so I would generally avoid the FSU running backs this week. Chase Brown from Illinois was a huge workhorse last season. We know that Brett Bielema is going to run the football. Um, that's just what he does. So I really like Chase Brown from Illinois. Uh, the point spread and the game script are going to fit him this week. Illinois is favored in this game. And if they're up, they're going to be trying to run to run out the clock. However, I don't see this game being a massive blowout. I think Wyoming will be able to hang with Illinois. So we're looking at situations where in the second half, Chase Brown is going to be called upon to just get carry after carry after carry to keep that clock running and try to run this game out. We know Brett Bielema loves to run the football, and we know Chase Brown is going to be the guy who runs it. Another interesting option is Aiden Robbins from UNLV. He was recently named the starter on UNLV's release depth chart. He has NFL size. He's like 6'2", 230, so he's just a big back, and he's playing against an FCS school. Generally, this would be something that I would say an FCS team would struggle with is a big running back. So UNLV also is looking at a situation where they're uncertain at quarterback. They don't know who the starter is going to be just yet. So to me, Aiden Robbins is a guy that he's probably going to see a lot of carries, and he's probably going to be very successful on his carries. So given the quarterback situation, given his size and speed against a weaker team, I think Aiden Robbins is a very good option for the price. Another guy that I think is a good option is Evan Hull from Northwestern. Uh, Northwestern, much like Illinois, they got a coach, Pat Fitzgerald, who loves to run the football. It's what the Big Ten does, pretty much. So he's going to see plenty of action. He's going to see a ton of carries. He is the workhorse back. But Northwest is actually not favored in this game. Northwestern, excuse me. They're not favored in this game. They are 13-point underdogs to Nebraska. So I don't think that that game script favors playing a running back for Northwestern. But again, this guy is the workhorse. He's going to be in the game. He may even see some targets in the pass game if they start throwing down late. 
Next up is the Charlotte running backs. Shadrick Bird and Calvin Camp. So this is the definition of a committee. Like both of these two guys will see a lot of carries. However, the good news is it's just with these two guys. I think they're both a lock to see double-digit carries this week. I don't know which one of the two of them will score more points or more touchdowns. Uh, I would be more inclined to go with Calvin Camp because I see this more as a one and 1A committee, not really like one and two. So I think that given that you're going to get pretty much equal production from the two of them, why not go with the one that's cheaper priced? So I think that Calvin Camp is a legitimate option down there at his price this week on FanDuel. Now, and a very interesting one is the Nebraska running back situation. Nebraska lost a lot of skill position players from last season's team, including their quarterback. But Ramir Johnson is a running back that he's currently the third most expensive Nebraska running back on FanDuel. But he is their leading returning rusher. So, I don't know, it kind of puts us in a situation where it's like they think that the transfers that Nebraska got are going to be the guys who instantly get carries. If I'm playing a Nebraska running back, I would play Ramir Johnson. Uh, I just, I expect it to be a committee, but he's the guy that was their leading returning rusher. So if anybody's going to be getting the bulk of the carries, it, in my opinion, it's going to be Ramir Johnson. So that's, that's my opinion on the Nebraska running back situation. Like I said, this week is a week to pay up on running back. I'm not really looking to save salary at running back. I'm looking to play guys who have guaranteed workloads and who are going to be able to score touchdowns this week. The wide receiver position in week zero has a lot of uncertainty here this week. What we're looking at is a situation where we've got a lot of lopsided games and we don't have any of this current season's performances to base our picks off of so we don't really know how the target shares are going to break down for any of these guys here in the wide receiver position so because of that i would be more inclined to try to find values at the wide receiver position and spend up on running backs and on quarterbacks so let's go down the board. Malachi Corley for Western Kentucky. He is priced as the highest receiver for a good reason. He's Western Kentucky's leading returning receiver. He is in an offense that is going to pass the ball a lot. It's what Western Kentucky does. So I think he is the high-priced option for a great reason. I think he will pay off his price point. And I think if you're looking for the safest option at wide receiver, don't look too far down the board. It's Malachi Corley right there at the top. Micah Pittman is a new Florida State receiver transferred into Florida State this season. He's priced much higher on DraftKings than FanDuel. It's, it's kind of weird, the discrepancy in his price on the two sites. Like I said, Florida State's going to be in a massive blowout this week, so he might be a guy who's going to score a few touchdowns. I'd be more inclined to play him on FanDuel than on DraftKings. Now, in my personal opinion, the two Charlotte receivers seem to be mispriced. We've got Grant DeBose and Victor Tucker. They're both high-quality group of five wide receivers, both very good options in FanDuel and DraftKings this week. Well, really just FanDuel because DraftKings isn't carrying this game. But Victor Tucker is the cheaper option, and he's the one that's going to see more targets. He's been there with Chris Reynolds longer. He's been the target monster in Charlotte for the past three seasons. He just has a little bit less touchdown equity. Grant DeBose is the guy that is going to be targeted in the red zone and more likely to see touchdowns. I think both are playable, especially at their price points this week, especially given that they're going to be in a fairly close game with Florida Atlantic and they're going to be throwing the football. So I think both Charlotte receivers are playable. I prefer Tucker to DeBose. 
Now, my personal opinion, I would be avoiding any Nebraska wide receivers this week. I just think with all the transfers that they've got in that room, it's going to be too difficult to predict which one of them is going to break out. And I also don't know if Casey Thompson's quarterback play is going to be the best thing for these wide receivers. You know, he's a guy that can do a lot with his legs. You know, they, he didn't really throw for a lot of touchdowns last season at Texas. So I'm just avoiding that Nebraska wide receiver position. If you want to take a risk and again, go for the home run, go for it. But that's just a position with a lot of uncertainty right now, and I'm avoiding it. Now, Isaiah Williams is the only playable wide receiver for Illinois, and in my opinion, the only playable wide receiver in the Illinois-Wyoming game. Isaiah Williams finished last season on an absolute tear. He saw five touchdowns in his last four games. I do think he's a bit overpriced on DraftKings. I think DraftKings algorithm is kind of overplaying that end of season performance that he had, but I do think that he is a very viable option. He's going to see a lot of targets there for Illinois. I know they're not going to throw the ball a whole lot, but I think if they do throw the ball, they're going Isaiah Williams' way. Now, LeJante Wester of Florida Atlantic is a very interesting play for me this season. He had a ton of catches and a ton of yards. Nicozy Perry threw him the football a lot, but he didn't score a whole lot of touchdowns at all. Like looking at his game log, I believe he had two all of last season. That's not a lot. So if you look at LeJounte Wester and you think that his targets and receptions and yards kind of continue on the track they were on last season, but you think he has a little bit more of a touchdown share this year, I think he's a very interesting play this week. Charlotte is not exactly the hottest pass defense on the planet, so I could definitely see LeJounte Wester getting loose and scoring a few touchdowns this week, which again, if he's able to score touchdowns, he's going to be an outstanding play because last season that was all that he lacked. Last season for Utah State, Justin McGriff saw 6.8 targets per game, uh, which in college football, that's a solid number. You know, we're not looking at like Cooper Cup NFL usage here, but 6.8 targets a game is a solid number. If he gets to that 6.8 or, you know, just rounded up to seven targets against UConn, that's a potential for some points. UConn's defense is very weak. Um, and we, like we talked about with Utah State players earlier, they're going to score through the air. They're going to score on the ground as well. So Justin McGriff, a very solid option there for Utah State. Now, on FanDuel, there is a bargain of the day, and his name is Jeff Weimer. Uh, he is listed as a starting receiver for UNLV on their depth chart, and he is the minimum $4,000 on FanDuel. DraftKings has him a little more appropriately priced, but I still think he's a value on DraftKings as well. Williams and White, who are UNLV's other two starting wide receivers, are also playable, but the guy that's going to be a lock in my lineup, at least on FanDuel, is Jeff Weimer. So, the wide receiver position, a lot of the names I just went over are a lot of names that we can find value at this week. Um, so that way you can pay up for the top running backs and the top quarterbacks. All right, let's take a quick break and then kind of talk about how to start to build a lineup on both sides and then let's get on out of here. Building a lineup this week is going to be a very interesting proposition. First off, you need to know the rules on this website that you are on. If you are on FanDuel, it is half-point PPR, just like NFL football. And then if you are on DraftKings, it is full-point PPR, just how they do for NFL. So both sites use a super flex for college football. Super flex means that we can play somebody that is any position, quarterback, running back, or wide receiver. On FanDuel, in my opinion, it is absolutely vital that you play a quarterback in your Superflex. Quarterbacks have the most opportunity to score points in half PPR scoring. Uh, 
Now, if you're looking on DraftKings, I think you might could squeeze another receiver in there. But I also think when you look at the prices this week, I think that it becomes very reasonable to find some values and then to play a high-priced quarterback in that super flex. So when I'm looking at building my FanDuel lineup, I'm locking in Jeff Weimer from UNLV. Like I said, he's a starter. You know he's going to be on the field. You know he's going to get thrown the football, and he is the minimum priced 4000 That pretty much gives me not quite a free space, but it gives me a green light to spend up at other positions. So one of the guys that I really like that I mentioned is Calvin Tyler from Utah State. He is the highest priced running back on the board on FanDuel, and I can go ahead and lock him in, and I still have plenty of salary to work with. Uh, And then from there, I'm just going to pay up for two of the top quarterbacks. Probably Reed from Western Kentucky is a lock. And then after that, I do not know for sure. I'll have to do a little more research. But lock in those three guys and you've got plenty of salary to work with, plenty of workability to finish off the rest of your lineup. All right. Now on DraftKings, I think it's a little bit different story. DraftKings, the pricing is generally a little bit tougher from FanDuel is generally a little harder to squeeze in as many superstars as FanDuel, but I think when you are looking at the board, I think that Reed is a legitimate option still. I also think that Logan Bonner from Utah State is a legitimate option at quarterback. I think that they've actually got, you know, a few more appropriately priced quarterbacks that if you want to go to, you can. Um, And then pretty much from there, yeah, I'm just sticking with the guys I mentioned. Um, You know, I don't really see a need to vary up a whole lot in between the two sites this week. Some of the pricing is a little bit different. Uh, I think that the Western Kentucky receivers, if you play one, go with Malachi Corley. But I think that the other two are viable options as well. So, yeah, pretty much FanDuel and DraftKings this week. Find your few values. Find your high-priced quarterbacks that you want to lock in and go from there. And let's win ourselves some money on week zero. Remember, week zero in college football, a lot of people aren't doing the requisite research necessary to know who is going to be playing what position and who the right values are. Well, guess what? You just listened to this podcast. You know who you're going to be playing for college football week zero now. So thanks for listening. Best of luck to you. College football is back, and I will see you next time. 